Okay, folks, uh, I'd like to thank you for hitting the download button on today's podcast. And not only do I appreciate that, but um, Sean and myself and Sean's extended families and anyone who knows us Ooh. would like to say thank you. We have a computer here that keeps breaking down, folks. And, yeah. you know, we don't have any sponsors to yeah. thank, you know. Uh, adamandeve.com and all those other, like, Sher- Sherry's Berries don't. They want don't want anything to do with us. Yeah. Um, our the, the yeah we we don't have, we just have listeners you know and uh, as I've said in the past uh, you know like if someone listens to this maybe when we both die alone and turn yeah someone will remember us fondly true you know and that's the best we can hope for because we don't have legions of contracts uh, as an announcer with um, various production companies and professional wrestling entities and of course a pension and a no, the big savings uh, bank account based on our many profitable years with the biggest fucking pro wrestling company in the world. Mm. And we don't have successful restaurants and books and barbecue sauce and all the rest. Because, so we don't have to debase, well, we, we do have to debase ourselves, <laughs> you know? Like, coming out here begging, begging for pennies, begging. Just give me anything, please. There's a hole in me cowboy hat. The ship is going down, folks. Jesus, JR, brother, you're exposing your business. Yeah. You know, hey, folks, I'd like to let you know that if you don't give me 10 cents from your Amazon purchase, I'm going to die of liver failure. (laughs) Fucking hell, man. You are better than that, sir. Come on now, JR. You are better. And uh, just be the... Great radio voice as well, which you yeah. expect because JR is a yeah. fucking phenomenal announcer. Yeah, what about 40 years experience? Yeah, yeah. But like, it's just this whole thing where, you know, it's like, uh, if this, you know, if we, you know, if you don't buy a car from truthcar.com, mm. well, folks, I think my heart's going to give out. Yeah. Um, you know, fuck off. <laughs> I don't want to be guilted into buying, giving yeah. you more millions. Yeah. I, you know, he's got adult kids he needs to support, yeah. apparently. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, we're not here to shit on Jr. But uh, much. No, no. But you know what I mean. In all, in all truthness, that's the thing. I mean, you. I would think we're both. You know, yeah. the, the assessment of Jim Ross is he's probably the greatest professional wrestling announcer of all time. I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree. And I think it's so weird. Like, well, him and Steve, Mar- Steve McMichael. Steve McMichael. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. But, uh, and of course, Dusty, yeah. they got a bicycle, baby. You know, uh, I don't know where the kid who was who was riding it. And uh, what was the other guy? Uh, Mike Adamley. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jeff Harvey. Yeah. Uh, but, um, and the Taz. The Taz. And oh, CM is having a great match. <laughs> but um, anyway, we're not here to talk about professional wrestling as usual. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're here to talk about. Canon uh, films, the Canon yeah. films, Canon, mm. and uh, uh, logo. <laughs> Sadly, there was a really off-color joke yeah. that led into the logo on our last five minutes. Yeah, so that's that's gone. That, that's one that I I said it off the top of my head and immediately thought, "Wow, that was really too far." Yeah, it was an Ed Ferrara joke. So it was. Yeah, it and was. We'll just leave it, it, it was. It was uncool. It was unfair. But, but uh, yeah, we're we're here to talk about our first. Well, kind of our first horror movie. Yeah. Um, 
Well, but, unless you count Bolero, which I kind of do. It is. That's real horror. Yeah. Though. It's like when people go, oh, you know, I've never been in like a horror movie situation. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't know. I went to a church where people got abused. <laughs> you know, was that guy Father something down in Father, Ferns? Father Diddly Hands. Oh, yeah. I can't remember his name. I think it was... I don't want to say the, a wrong name yeah. as the crimes associated with this man yeah. were legion and heinous yes uh, but yeah, there was a priest that was a serial rapist yeah. in County Wexford and uh, yeah I grew up uh, hearing stories about how this man had uh, cut a bloody swath <laughs> oh, through God. county in the diocese and uh, L- um, luckily enough where I'm from Mayo never had any of that as far as far as I'm aware like I've never heard the stories, no no accusations have come out. So I'm you know, touch wood, long may that continue, but uh, I just remember uh, someone going, So is John going to be an older boy? And my ma going, No. No. Like, and my mother was uh, a lot more religious than I. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was in I the only reason I became got my communion and my confirmation money mm. or confirmation I let the thing go there. Yeah. It was because they're big paydays associated. Absolutely. And, and like if there was a, they would. I'd still be in the Catholic Church probably yeah. if there was a payday every year. <laughs> you know, I'd be like oh, whatever. Yeah, I know they're going to yeah. you. You and honky tonk man. Yeah, I've been working the miserks. <laughs> you know, but uh, anyway, we're talking about Toby Hooper. Yeah, and um, our horror, a first horror film, a first venture into horror. Of course, Toby Hooper himself. Yeah, uh, we're talking about Life Force from nineteen eighty six, of course, but. Uh, Toby Hooper is a fairly legendary name in the world of horror. Yes, um, because he directed the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He did indeed. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I'm sure everybody who'd be listening to this show has probably seen, but uh, it is beyond the shadow of a doubt one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah. Like, it's, it's fucking horrifying. Like, Absolutely. And not only that, it was one of the like more, like horror directors to this day. Uh, take things from that movie. Oh yeah, that was a that was a a, a watershed release or a Absolutely. landmark release, you know. Um, like he also, of course, for Canon directed Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, which we will surely cover in a future episode. But um, it's Chainsaw two gets a lot of hate from fans and critics alike. Yeah, personally, I adore Chainsaw two. It's one I, of my favorite. I never movies. had. I never saw what what everyone's hate boner was about with that movie. Uh, it, it was a good fucking movie. It's great. We'll, we'll get to that later on. Of course, Salem's Lot. He also directed the two part made for TV uh, trend transition um, version yeah. of uh, Stephen King's book, uh, yeah. which I really enjoy. Like Salem's Lot's my favorite horror book mm. of all time. And uh, I think his version of it is fun, yeah. but it's not terrifying. Yeah. And uh, you know. And as well as that, he di- he directed a film that, for me at least, growing up was one of my one of the scariest movies ever, which was Poltergeist. Well, whether he directed that or not is left up to debate. Like, there's a lot of uh, stories uh, out there. Like, apparently, Poltergeist was Steven Spielberg wanted to direct it. Mm. And because of some weird legal loophole with his contracts, he couldn't direct it. So he was a producer. Oh, right. And apparently, uh, Toby Hooper would call action or whatever, but Spielberg was on set as much as him and probably called more shots. (laughs) Probably. uh, Yeah, it does feel more like a Spielberg movie than a Toby Hooper. Yeah, but um, look at him. Sure he got paid. 
That's true. <laughs> you know? He got the payday. And uh, Toby Hooper and paydays are is a long story because it's a chainsaw. Like, yeah. It would text a chainsaw massacre. Like the mafia were involved in finance. Yeah, and, uh, I, uh, I think it was Bryanston was the name of the company yeah, that released the troop. I think he may actually have converted to Catholicism just to get the confirmation money. <laughs> I, I'm not 100% sure about that. But uh, he... <laughs> like. The, I, I'm a big fan of Toby Hooper. Last one I remember him directing and releasing was a remake of the Toolbox Murders, which I remember thinking at the time was bizarre because the Toolbox Murders was just like a fucking rip off a chainsaw from where I was <laughs> yeah. like you know. But he did. He released a, a remake of it. Now, uh, Good Brother, who cuts the show for us, mm. saw it and he told me that it wasn't so hot. And I guess I had something else to do that weekend. I, so I, missed I thought it. it was okay. I I didn't think it was I. You know, I heard Good Brothers' uh, review of this as well, and I watched it myself, and I thought, I don't see where he's coming from. This isn't a terrible film. I don't know, I just never got to it. It was, um, uh, you know, I, I remember that was the time when we were watching uh, Cattle Holocaust 2. <laughs> right. Other classics like that, you know. All it's, right. Um, I, I, like, I, I don't think it's uh, going to become a shock to the to the listeners after listening to us talk about big. I'm a big horror fan anyway. I don't know. Like, I'm assuming you are. I'm. I'm not as. I'm not as big a fan as you are. I'm but sure, I'm. Yeah. I'm quite partial to a good scare. Yeah. I mean, I'm a huge, huge horror fan, and Toby Hooper is kind of special to me in a weird way because the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was the second DVD I ever bought, and I remember that time because like just this amazing documentary on the chainsaw disc mm. uh, the first one it's like 72 minutes long and it's all about the history of the film and the you know the um the influences behind it and stuff like that and um i remember i just i became obsessed with that movie and i used to watch it like nearly every night of the week for mm. like a long time just because it it as a kid who wanted to make films yeah it, i was just like they get it's so scary and so visceral, and they did it with nothing, yeah. you know. And the story itself, and I'll be honest with you, the story itself, kind of uh, the 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 DVD, like it actually led me down the road to where we are here. Because I remember in the documentary, uh, I believe it's called the Saw's Family or something like that, or the Saw for something about Saw, some Saw pun. Yeah. But um, yeah, they discuss uh, Golden Globus. Yeah. In it, and we're saying like, because. Like they're going, oh, the original version that Toby directed a chainsaw too. It's probably hidden in some vault in Israel somewhere. And I was like, what the fuck? I didn't know Canon were Israeli. Like you know, and so it, that kind of um, and it, and it makes me. it sound it makes it sound like a spe- like um, it ma- makes it sound like uh, you know like a big special item in Assassin's Creed. Yeah, you know? yeah. You have to go and you know you have to do like a whole shitload of parkour around a tomb somewhere and to get at it. You do a bunch of puzzles and a portrait of Jesus on the wall turns into a portrait of Charles Bronson. <laughs> yes, um, if only that happened with every one of them. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd still be a Catholic today if that was the case. Oh, look at yeah. Do you believe in Jesus? Yeah, you wouldn't have a fucking choice. <laughs> true. You know? Very true. Instead of fucking child sex, to just be vigilante priests. Like, you know? Oh, God. But, uh, yeah, anyway, we're, we're, we're getting into... Uh, <laughs> To Life Force. Yeah. And uh, had you uh, heard of this movie before? I had I had heard of it, but I'd never seen it until we reviewed this. Yeah, I'd never and seen it myself either. 
uh, when I, I saw I saw the trailer, I thought this looks amazing. I did a little bit of background on it, and I was like, there is an unbelievable pedigree of yeah. just the people involved in the production of this. Uh, I'll get into that later. I've got a shitload of notes on that. On yeah. that, I went into this with pretty high expectations. Let, let me tell you. I, I don't know about yourself. What? Well, for me, like it doesn't have a legendary reputation. Mm. So, and I know Toby isn't the most consistent filmmaker. No, like uh, so. I was. I don't know. Look, I figured I'd enjoy it on some level because every film I've seen of Toby Hooper's, mm. I've enjoyed on some level. Yeah, you know, uh, maybe like the problem is he's one of these guys. He's like Kevin Smith. You know, his first film was this kind of watershed classic. Yeah. What do you do now? Yeah, where you do know? you go from there? And um it's it's yeah, it's a problem that a lot of people run into, you know, like uh some people like Quentin Tarantino releases Reservoir Dogs and then with the left uh, with the jab and then with the Hulk comes back with Pulp Fiction like yeah. you know and like I believe the second film Toby Hooper made after Chainsaw was this horror hotel picture yeah with uh, Robert Englund and there's like a booby trap with a alligator at the bottom of it yeah but um it was it wasn't good it wasn't good at all I was kind of thinking this will be cool um I just thought it'd be at least fun yeah and uh, the cool thing about this and uh this movie is and I think this episode's probably going to be a little bit different because of what the film was. Usually, if I can borrow a JR analogy, yeah. all right, there's a lot more stake with the sizzle on this one. Yeah, you know, there's a usually with canon films, it's all sizzle, no, no steak. steak, and this, uh, like, this film is there's a, there's a good bit of steak on the plate. Yeah, you know, and um, there's a lot to get tucked tucked into, anyways. Yeah, yeah, and uh, don't get me wrong, I like the sizzle. Yeah, you know, uh, it's weird. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just a kind of a thing. Like with Canon, they made these like films that were like a packet of nerds. Yeah, you know? yeah, cheap to produce and fucking amazing going in. But yeah, once it's in there, it's just e numbers. True, you know? but um, this movie had a little bit extra depth. Yeah, well, so. the, this one is. This was a this was a break from Canon's usual business model. Yeah, this was one of the bigger budget films that they produced. Oh, it cost um, cost twenty five million to make, which at the time was an astronomical figure. I should imagine so. You know, I mean, Close Encounters cost about cost about thirty five. This is the this is the region we're in yeah. with this here, and um, unfortunately, it did not make its it did not make its investment back. Not even close. It, it only made about 11 million back gross mm-hmm. at the box office so it was this was one of the bombs that really hurt canon uh, okay. this along this along with uh, masters of the universe and quest for peace are some of the movies that eventually sank canon well the sad thing is like they probably could have made the same story on like 3 million yeah you re- you really and, could have you know made Eleven off. <laughs> yeah, true. But uh, anyway, we'll uh, we'll with that knowledge in mind, mm. we'll uh, we'll jump into the main picture. From the director of Poltergeist and the writer of Alien comes a terrifying new film. I'm getting a very small radar cross section. 150 miles long. EGR is confirmed. Tell them we have an artificial object out here. 
the tail of Haley's Comet. There's something wrong. Something ancient. Something evil. Jesus. Houston, we have a problem. Something's happening to me. Something hungry. That's brought to Earth. She's destroyed worlds. That girl was no girl. She was totally alien to this planet and our life form. And totally dangerous. We just found a body in Hyde Park. Life Force. Close your eyes. I visited you how? In my mind. Let it go! It's already spreading. You didn't stop it. It's too late. Come. Be with me. Life Force. The terror has just begun. And, uh, okay. We will, uh, jump in. Yeah. From the thing, uh, like the... Obviously, credits, but um, <laughs> when uh, Life Force came about, like, like when it, when it started, like just a couple of things took me. Like Wanda's score, score is fantastic. Yeah, um, so the score was done by Henry Mancini, the multiple Oscar-winning uh, composer of uh, Pink Panther fame. Okay, and um, Henry Mancini is known among composers as the guy who can work in just about any style. You know, whereas like great, you know, other great guys like you know Gregson Williams or Marconi, your personal favorite, mm-hmm. they they can all they can only do a certain type of score, whereas Mancini could do just about anything. Well, and the, the bombast of this score just sort of you know carried the film in a lot of ways. The weird thing is, and I haven't done the research, but um, this music is used a lot in Game Center CX. The, yeah, the Japanese. Game TV show which I would recommend everybody go watch because it's fantastic but they also use the music from Alan Quartermain I'm just like <laughs> why do they use canon music exclusively almost it's it's very strange um, uh, may, maybe they're Mizarks like us man who knows yeah uh, well the the, I, the the credits uh, showed a lot of promise like Dan O'Bannon is involved in the screenplay yeah. the guy who wrote Alien of course and uh, yeah then as soon as I as soon as I saw that in Mancini, I was thinking, okay, we're in. And Strapping. Patrick Stewart, of course, is on the cast list. And, yeah, you know. So I was just like, okay, here we go. Like, Let's you know? do this. But um, it was. It, we started out with uh, Haley's comet in the background, and there's a spaceship uh, going to investigate the comet for reasons, and um. Basically, they they're like, hey, we we've discovered a something that shouldn't be there next to the comet. Yeah. So, um, which apparently did the co- the addition to the comet was a major bone of contention with Dan O'Bannon. He didn't want the comet. Yeah, the he he was not a fan of that addition whatsoever. But, uh, well, basically, we find out there's this big kind of HP Lovecraft looking monster spaceship in space, and uh, where it would be. Yeah, of course. 
But uh, and uh, the the crew of the HMS or whatever it is, yeah. the Churchill shuttle, go and uh, go to investigate. Mm. And uh, there's a lot, a lot of cool music, but a lot of cool effects. Yeah, like they were retro looking for the time almost, mm. like uh, Fantastic Voyage style effects or something. I I was getting more. I was getting more of an alien vibe from this. Oh, they were definitely else. going for alien. Yeah, but like the way that the the the, sh- the space suit yeah. guys would fly through the screen, mm. it was very much like that Fantastic Voyage kind of fifties. Yeah. And the it. the way that a lot of the scenes on the spaceship were shot. I kind of got the impression that Toby Hooper was going for kind of a 2001 buzz. Yeah, this. like they get onto the, the ship and they find like big bat people, corpses. Yeah, yeah. On, on, on this thing, on this 150 mile long spaceship yeah. with like a bunch of, it looks like an organic kind of oh, fleshy thing. It, it, we're, we're deep in HR Giger territory That's the here. thing, I, I, I like it when anybody, when they design spaceships and stuff and clearly put like like weird human elements into it because yeah. at the back of the ship there is a big arsehole yeah I was it's in my notes <laughs> here there is a massive sphincter and, where they find these bats yeah. they, these bat looking things I always appreciate that like Geiger did it very well mm. uh like he, his art was generally kind of weird horror sex art like yeah know? and then uh I don't think there's there's other people who who've done like Guillermo del Toro yeah. puts like a lot of vaginal imagery into his uh, movies like and lots know. of secretion porn yeah. as well. He's he's got a goo fetish. I oh think. yeah, he loves autopsies as well. Like, <laughs> yeah, watch all his movies. There's usually an autopsy. Oh yeah, but uh, you know it's it, I I like it when people put like vaginas and phalluses and anuses into films. It's just I don't know. It's just kind of cool looking. Like, yeah. You know? But uh, and this has it like and uh, basically our space crew mm. uh, of space people are running around this ship, obviously investigating it because why the fuck wouldn't you? Yeah, like, you know, Le- led by our hero as uh, Colonel Carlson. Yeah, uh, John Boy Walton. Yeah, the one American on a British crew. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a nice little U five seven one nod to <laughs> the to the Americans here. But uh, yeah, it's. Because, you know, America does run everything. Let's, oh, yeah, let's yeah. be clear on that. Sure, they wouldn't have known what way to direct the rocket. Yeah. They wouldn't have been on it. Like, Absolutely. We shoot it straight into the ground. Let's just, ask, <laughs> let's just ask the cowboy. They know things. Yeah, yeah. We were shooting into the mountain there. Yeah. No, no, best not. Best space. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll point it in the general direction of up and hope for the best. I do remember someone making a joke on television one time about uh, the moon landing. Hmm. Like, this guy here, he was the navigator. Probably had the easiest job. Yeah. See the moon, lads. Yeah, head for it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know that big white rock. Yeah, Just yeah, aim yeah. for that. You can't go too far. If you're wrong. heading for the earth, yeah. you're going the wrong way. You know, right? if you end up in Leitrim, you know it's entirely wrong. <laughs> but uh, they go and look through the spaceship anyway, and they find the bat people. But they also find a. Um, Three pods, I guess. Crystal pods. Yeah, three crystal pods with three exceptionally beautiful naked people in them. Um, They're in there. They're in the glass. Like they, they really don't care about the two dudes. This is all about the girl. uh, Yeah, played by Matilda May. Yes. Um, Now, Matilda Matilda May. 
I after Bolero, we have to check these things. She yeah. was nineteen when it was filmed. Oh, okay. nineteen, so it was all good. And um, she was uh, she was a, a former French ballet dancer. Her mother was the the prima ballerina of the the Malmo uh, state. Uh, prima ballerina. Yeah, of Sounds the like of the Swedish state ballet. That sounds like one of Lord Humongous's uh, many accolades. <laughs> yeah, pretty the much. The Ayatollah of Rock and Roller, the, the Prima, Prima Ballerina, Ballerina, the Lord of the Wasteland. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, actually, considering his his predilections, it wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. But, um, it was, and. Um, she she had been a dancer since she was about five years old, and my lord, you could tell she was unbelievably hot. Matilda May, she, well, this was 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 it really necessary to have her, you know, walking, nude? yeah, nude? For oh, I like definitely think it the was. entire the entirety of her of her screen appearance. For well, she's not nude, and she's wearing weird gimmicks near the end. Oh yeah, but no, no, I I definitely think she should have been naked because it makes sense. Yeah, like uh, we'll get into why it makes sense later on, but um, no, no, no. Like it definitely, it, it's weird. There's nothing. She's nude, but there's nothing kind of sexual about the way she, like, she's just naked. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I guess she's just there going, oh yeah. I guess that's like. There's a scene later on where it's like very kind of like sexually suggestive. Yeah, but like. She's almost like a statue or something. Yeah. She just kind of stands there just being naked. And, and being gorgeous. Oh, yeah. she's She actually, if you think of, like, the Brides of Dracula or something like that, yeah. she probably looks the way you think, you know, that, that kind of conjured image. Yeah. You know, she's like, she looks like a Castlevania villain. Mm. You know? Uh, the, what I have in my notes here is uh, she is... A, uh, she is a dead ringer for a young Alyssa Milano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, like, for me now, there's... I don't know if you ever played Castlevania Bloodlines on the Mega Drive. Can't say I have. Uh, there's a villain in that based on Elizabeth Bathory. Mm. And very much kind of the drawing of her would be, like, a stylized blue-skinned version of this woman. Like. Oh, right. So she does have that kind of uh, weird vampiric quality, which kind of fitting yeah you know? they they screen tested about a thousand women before they before they settled on Matilda May I'll say this as well she also wouldn't look out of place in a hammer horror film god no and I would imagine maybe Toby Hooper was probably thinking I'm gonna make a movie a horror film in England yeah I'm making my ha- hammer movie like you know that was that never occurred to me until now, but yeah, that makes perfect sense. So it's there's probably a reason. Mm. The only thing she hasn't got going for her is she's kind of got sideburns. I know it's sad yeah. right now. I've got sideburns. I'm yeah. a man, though. You know. <laughs> well, but, uh, it was ex- it was the eighties. It was a different time. But uh, she she does have uh, she's she's not quite the honky tonk man. Yeah, but uh, but there there is a bit of burnage going on. A bit of burnage, you know. She uh, Mr. Burns would not be happy. <laughs> yeah. Get rid of those sideburns. What sideburns? You heard me, hippie. Basically, that's kind of the beginning of our story. They find the sexy space people. Yeah. And then cut to Earth three months later or something. Yeah. And uh, uh, cut to like thirty days later 30 or something days like that. Later, and um, the the Churchill is coming back, but it hasn't. It, it's out of it's out of its trajectory that it needs to be in. Yeah. They they sent. 
there's no SOS coming out of it. There's no reply to any hails. So they they send people up, and it's a burnt out shell. Yeah, it's a burnt out shell of a of a spaceship. And the the ESA, the European Space Agency, immediately goes, "Well, what what the fuck is up, dog?" Well, I love the fact that they um, they it comes back, the ship comes back, and the two British scientists look at each other and go, "Send up the Columbia." And you see like the Americans shuttling going off, and I was like, yeah. "I wish space travel was that going home." <laughs> Can you imagine just being able to jump onto a space yeah. shuttle and go at a day's notice? Exactly, no, that'd no, be no. amazing. They'd be like, "Right, well, it's up there. Yeah, uh, I guess we'll get to it in a few months." <laughs> Something like that. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, but yeah, it was amazing. I love how they were just like, yeah, send it, Columbia. I wish we had space travel like that. Yeah, still, it, and it was it was literally just like that. It was yeah. literally send up the Columbia, next shot, Columbia going up. Yeah, and oh, like, if we if only if, if only. only. But um, yeah, they get up there. The ship is burnt out to fuck. Uh, but the vampire people, mm. they're grand. Yeah, it's not wrong with them. So. Um, they bring naturally. They go, ah, oh, sure. Let's bring him back to to Earth because nothing bad will happen because of that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and bringing these people from another world down to Earth. Nothing bad has ever come out of that. I love the idea though, as well. Of you come back from space, and they don't put you in quarantine. They put you in like just a lab in England. Yeah. I mean, when Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and all that came back from the moon, they yeah. were in an isolation tank for like months on end. Yeah. You know? And this is just like, ah, stick her in the corner there, she'd be grand. <laughs> yeah, know? I the 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 whole of this film, I'm the whole of the for about the first half hour of this film at least, I'm thinking, what exactly are your quarantine procedures here, ESA? I know, in You're, fairness, they could kinda of go, Hey man, it was the eighties, we didn't have seatbelts. <laughs> yeah, true. We just fucking live for the moment. <laughs> yeah, but you know, too busy taking cocaine and listening to wham to, yeah. to care about any of that. Jesus Christ, new age new uh, wave of British heavy metal was tearing its way across the world. Yeah. There was Iron Maiden shows to go to. <laughs> Still hadn't released Power Slave. What's your problem? Like, okay, okay, fair point, fair point. Living on the razor's edge. <laughs> but um, they, um, she wakes up in the lab, uh, our space girl. Yeah. Does. I believe that's what she's called, actually, in the credits. Yeah, space, space girl. girl. That's her her credit in this. And uh, she sucks the, like, there's a guard kind of getting a bit pervy with her. Mm. He's gawping at her. And she wakes up and um, she sucks the life force out of them. Yeah. Just like all women, am I right? Uh, I know. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one joke that I was like, you know what? It has to be done. Yeah. has to be done. <laughs> you know? Damn cheating women. Sorry, ladies. But, um, I'm not. It's the most obvious joke, you know? <laughs> but, uh, I meant to say, actually, there was a couple of jump scares before this, and when she wakes up, there's yeah. a proper jump scare. And the one thing this film does really well yeah. is it'll give you a nice jump scare every now and then like mm. you know and the and and the the soundtrack to this is perfect for jump scares cuz oh, yeah, it builds yeah. it nicely you just know? a weird kind of sting that yeah. happens when uh, the scares attached to space girl happen yeah. it's this kind of weird sh- piercing sound yeah and uh, it, it works like she's lightning powers now yeah so that's the thing uh, you know that's that's an aspect of the film that's never explained the vampires have lightning powers personally I think she's the Highlander 
You know. But there's three of them, and they're not fighting each other. They're the princes of the universe. Oh, right. And she's the queen of the ah, universe. Ah, I get you now. I get yeah. you. Fighting for survival. <laughs> They've come to be the rulers of you all. <laughs> but, um, fucking Highlander. There's a canon film, actually. Yeah. But, um... Yeah. Um, she wakes up. She does the, the... She sucks the life out of him. And, uh... Then she's like, she's got lightning powers, and she's like, oh, "I'm gonna go oh. es- escape." Yeah, and here, here's here's another part of this: the the head guy in the ESA or the yeah. guy who's overlooking this, he's watching this on CCTV up in his office, yeah. and he just boots it down to where this is going on, and just goes straight into the door again. No fucking quarantine. Yeah, yeah. And she just goes, "Look, you know, my body is you is yours to use as you see fit." And then she shifts him, and he's like, "Oh fuck! Oh my god!" Yeah, and yeah. you know, and when they find him, he hasn't had the life force sucked out of him because no, apparently no, no, no. she's got her fill at this point. Yeah. But he's he's still in a, he's still in a bad way. He's still in a wreck. That sentence is funny. What's he it? hasn't had the life force sucked out of him because she's had her fill. <laughs> yeah. You know, like there's that's uh, why the jokes have to be made. They have to be made. But, right? um, yeah, she like she hasn't entirely ruined his life. No, yet. no, no, no. She, Give her time. Yeah, she's just there going like, I know you like my amazing naked body. Yeah, but I'm gonna make you buy me handbags and shoes. To cover it up. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Because that's what women like. That's what do, that's what women do. We've discussed this before. And, um, hashtag yeah. sexist red. I yeah. don't know. Hashtag red pill. <laughs> oh god, that's the second time we're gonna get contacted by one of these fucking nectards. Good. I want. I want to fucking. I want to troll the life out of that community. It's fucking. You know that would be hilarious. Fucking idiots. Yeah, but why? You know why you're not getting any? Right. Because you're a fucking cunt. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> idiots. Anyway. Yeah. There's a lot of sexual undertones in yeah. this picture. You can tell this by you know, like you know, where she, the the space girl is. There's, a, there's like, she's the only female character outside of the women on the shut. Yeah, there were women on the shuttle, and um, she is like there's just men surrounding her, mm. and they're all kind of beguiled and scared of her, like she's an actual yeah. monster, but she's just this n- amazing looking naked woman. Yeah, and it is kind of like yeah, a- when in the scene where they found her on the ship, mm-hmm. uh, they they they're taking a look at her and it's like do they, and one of them goes do do they look do they look all right to you mm. and one of the guys is like i've been up here for 6 months she looks amazing to me yeah but <laughs> it's it's like they're scared of her yeah. like uh, the the security guards in the building are scared of her mm. and she's obviously as they're going okay we're into the stake of the movie here yeah. this is clearly about a gang of men yeah. being scared by aggressive female sexuality yeah you know, and uh, that being said, said aggressive female sexuality tears the life out of them. So uh, yeah, 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 but still, like you know what I mean. There's a lot. There's a lot going on here in the subtext. Yeah, there, you know? there's a bit going on underneath the surface here. Basically, they're 
trying to corral this woman, but she escapes. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I don't know, let's do an autopsy on the dude she took yeah. the life of. Yeah, and here's the thing. She disappears out into the fog outside yeah. the ESA. Very hammer horror. Uh, yeah, and they just sort of let her go. Why wouldn't you? I suppose so. But Best left unsolved. But uh, what they not think, um, okay, she's after killing about like three or four guards making her escape. Can we not like put one in the back of her head? I mean, don't know if it'd make a difference. Uh, apparent, well, apparently not. But, uh, as we find out later on in the film, but at the same time, you're sort of thinking, "Hang on, no, you can't." It's like in wrestling, right? Where, uh, like, an attack will go on, yeah. Right, and two guys will fight in the ring. It's a, se- it's a, you know, a segment. Yeah, and one of them will jump out of the ring, mm. and the other guy'll stay in the ring and he'll stare at him and go, oh I hate you I wish I could get you yeah. like get out of the ring and walk five minutes yeah he'll get him like he's he, you he's, know he's 20 feet away yeah, come go, on just run just you're, run you're lazy that's what your problem is Brock <laughs> yeah but, um, oh I'll just stand here and be sweaty and scary yeah, yeah. but um Anyway, they they, yeah. they go do the autopsy, and yeah. this scene is fucking so cool because they've got an actual, like the the husk of the guy. Yeah, the, it's proper like an animatronic. Mm. So it uh, yeah. it like when they're trying to do the autopsy, yeah. he wakes up and yeah. starts freaking out. And and the animatronics in this were done um, in all of this film, and all of the creature effects were done by John Dykstra, mm-hmm. uh, one of the founders of ILM. Oh. Okay. And, uh, you know, he'd won, he won two Oscars for, for Star Wars. He went on to win another for Spider-Man 2 in a couple of years, in about 20 years' time. Oh, yeah. He won of, one of the absolute pioneers of that sort of business. Well, I definitely recognize the name. Mm. Gordon, I didn't know that he was that guy, though. Oh, he, he was that guy. Yeah, there were yeah. certain guys like the... Like Savini mm. and Kurtzman and oh, K and B, like they're yeah. they're the kind of legendary names. Yeah, like Rick Baker and mm. like that. But um, I was a I I don't know them all. Yeah, you know? there's like the more mainstream ones then are like Stan Winston and guys like that. Of course, so. yeah. But um, but John Dykstra is he's in that he's in that league. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Robertine, how could I forget Robertine? <laughs> of course, Robertine's awesome. Like yeah. the thing, Jesus and. And after this scene, they bring in uh, Colonel Kane from the SAS. Yeah, who looks like a mix of Dennis from It's Always Sunny yeah. and Art Garfunkel. Little bit, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's, play- he's played by uh, Peter Firth, who went on to have a really successful run in uh, the BBC spy show Spooks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like the, he, he was like the, the head of the, of the unit in Spooks. Yeah. And um, and I had forgotten that he he had a big sheep head on him in his youth, because in Spooks he's it's very close cropped. He looks more military than he does in this. Yeah. Uh, in this, it's yeah, it's sort of like yeah, I am SAS. His look says I am SAS, but I don't mind taking acid in the field every now and again. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it, or I I took it more of. You know, yes, I'm a military gentleman. But yeah. We all enjoy the disco. <laughs> yeah, <You know? laughs> who doesn't? Because uh, who doesn't? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> they can that. Can I use that as a drop from now? On? <laughs> I want that to be my ringtone. Yes, I am a military man. But I do like a disco. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> she, like we during the autopsy, the thing wakes up. Yeah, we were talking about the autopsy. 
and it sucks the life out of another dude and the guy regenerates yeah and this is where the vampirism thing comes in yeah and the the sound effects that they use for this are very strange it sounds like a donkey getting raped by an elephant you know it it sounds it sounds like no sound a human being can make which is fucking unnerving yeah it's uh it's very strange like they the guy reconstitutes and then like about an hour or two later yeah he turns back into the husk. Yeah. So you constantly have to feed on other people's life forces. Mm. And there's this awesome bit where he, what's it called? They have the, the the guy who was was doing the autopsy on who regenerated. They put him in a cell and watched him for a while. Yeah. And then he freaks out, turns into the husk, and runs at the prison, the cell bars, and yeah. explodes into dust. Yeah. I thought that was great. Like. I, I was wondering about this. It's like, if you don't feed every two hours, is there like a bomb in your guts or something? It, no, you just, you, you revert back to the, the husk and then you're just made out of dust and yeah, broken cause, promises. Because they, they, the, they did this again with um, with a nurse who was, wor- who was working on the autopsies who got, who got got. Yeah. And just to observe it, they, they strapped her down in, onto a gurney and they actually had her separated off from everyone for once. Yeah. And um, they were just watching this while it was going on. She was there. Well, that to me again. And then she just exploded again. To, to me again, I was there going, I think this is a bit more of the subtext there. Because yeah. She was a victim of Space Girl. Yeah. Which means that they had to make out off camera, of course. Yeah. So we're getting a little bit of kind of lesbian kind of stuff going on. Yeah, there, yeah. Right? And these men going... Right, well, she clearly kissed a girl. We better quarantine her. Yeah, you know, watch her explode from her sin. Oh yeah, that. that. You know, yeah, they, they, yeah, the repressed sexuality thing is very fucking strong it, in this it movie. It becomes a bigger deal when Patrick Stewart turns up. Oh yeah, but um, we they let me see now. Oh yeah, the, the crypt keeper is what they reminded me of the husks. You know, it, from a around. little bit, yeah, a little but, bit. But uh, they turn into dust, all the things. But uh, the Home Secretary turns up at this point because the yeah. government would get involved. Of course. And now, this guy is fairly inconsequential character, but I, the minute I recognised him, I was like, I don't like you. Who who was it? He is he's in two movies. I can't remember his name now, but uh, he I think his first name is Aubrey something. Oh, Aubrey Morris. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he was the innkeeper in The Wicker Man. You know? Okay, I immediately hate that guy. Uh, you know the guy who was... Who lit that weird hand candle? Yeah, uh, he was him, and he was Alex's teacher in uh, Clockwork Art. Yeah, yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Fuck! I, I. That's a good pull. I never would have got that one. I recognize him because I remember when I saw Clockwork Orange, I was like, "Oh, I know this guy. He's a creep." Yeah, you know, and he does have that weird little kind of. Yeah. Yeah. he has that sort of upper class English rattiness yeah that's... you wouldn't if if someone was stabbing you to death for, in a ritual right, yeah and then they took their animal mask off yeah. and his face is underneath yeah. you'd be like yeah I, I buy it <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much but uh, the uh, what's the name Agent Coulson uh, <laughs> oh uh, uh, Colonel Colin Cole yeah he turns up he gets a his escape pod lands in Texas. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, Carlson. Carl, Carl Carlson. Yeah. Carl Carlson. Or I was back and um, his escape pod arrives in Texas and he's there going, oh, okay. they're like, bring him over here because there's a problem with vampire women. Yeah. And uh, they, they bring him back and um, to England and he has 
like this mental fucking exorcist dream yeah. about the space girl. Now, he, here's yeah, the 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 dream sequence was weird in this cuz I have it in my notes here mm-hmm. just that dream sequence. And for some reason and I can't I can't explain exactly why, but it remember it reminded me a lot of Suspiria. Okay. You know, that there was a lot, you know, it was like sort of flashing lights, and it was meant, and it was meant to sort of overload your senses a bit. Yeah, yeah. and you know, uh, and it worked. It worked because there, there was a, there was a genuine feeling of sort of definite feeling of unease about that. It's like even though this was, you know, shot, shot in a different light, this would have been a sexy scene. Yeah, there was that bit where that she is like the weird space bat. Yeah. And then she turns into her. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, that was like the exorcist. Like, yeah. you know, that weird devil statue from the exorcist. Yeah. Now, I, I should mention, the guy who played Carlson mm-hmm. is... Um, Terrible actor. Yeah. Well, he, he was like the horror B-movie over-actor type of actor. Big actor. Yeah. A uh, guy who played... A uh, guy named Steve Railsback. Uh, he is, he's famous... He, he's famous. He's the only man in cinema who played both Charlie Manson and Ed Gein over the course of his career. Fucking hell. So this should tell you everything you need to know about this guy. Did he play Ed Gein in the 99? In the 2002 Ed Gein movie. Yeah, okay, I knew and he was, he was Charlie Manson in Helter Skelter. Oh, and, okay. um, you know... And the, this is a guy, he's like an overactor, he looks a bit weird, he's got crazy eyes. Like, we're talking very fucking crazy eyes here. But he's here. got that John Boy Walton look to him. Yeah, he well, kind of like, does you know. as well. But but it, it kind of get. I was thinking more of a Tony Perkins thing. I was getting a bit of a Norman, I was getting a bit of a Norman Bates vibe off of him. Yeah, he's definitely strange. Like, there's yeah, weird... straight-laced, but there's a bit of... There's crazy just underneath the surface. There's... And there's a scene coming up but, uh, that is very weird. Oh, but, I think uh, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, with his character. Yeah. But um, he's having sexy dreams about the sexy vampire woman. And he's like, oh, God, I hate it. And then, like, they hypnotize him. And we get this... Uh, crazy sex dream and there's another the vampire woman's consciousness has switched to another woman yeah who yeah they they hypnotize Carlson because yeah. he's got some sort of link to this yeah to space girl and they they find they find the woman that his body that that her whose body this space girl is inhabiting yeah and she's somewhere up in the country walking along She's found a farmer somewhere. No, she's a girl. She's yeah, she's a girl. girl. Yeah, she's well, another she, girl. She like I don't know how to put this, but like she's in fetish gear. Yeah, and she finds a farmer. Like you were saying, the girl finds a farmer. Yeah, and she's like, "Hey, how about you give me a lift in your car?" Yeah, and then like this to me, I was circling. This is the first scene of any real kind of sexual content. Yeah, because like yes. Uh, space girl was walking around in the nude, but she was very statuesque in her. Yeah, you know, there's nothing suggestive about her body language. Whereas this woman is overt. Oh yeah, and like there's, she gets, she just lifts up her dress. Yeah, and um, stick like, stick your hand in there, boy. Oh, she's like, oh, why don't you go hunting for gold down there? Yeah, you know? and she gets the farmer to uh, to basically feel her up, but there's this look of shame in his face. Yeah, and I was like. That's your first real sex scene yeah, right there. Yeah, that's your... You know, <laughs> like, I was like, that's kind of fucking... I'll be honest with you, I was like, this is weird, and I dig it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was... Uh, I mean, it was lifted 
that bit was lifted straight out of reality porn. Like, um, oh yeah, like it's that kind of like anytime someone gets across, and yeah. we've got to talk about sexuality here. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, effectively in film, if you get across the, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, but I'm gonna do it. <laughs> absolutely. If you if you can get that, you're you're in business. Yeah, it's. Uh, I guess I think that's kind of what a lot of like erotica aimed at women is probably yeah. around the oh might get caught well it's it's what a lot of uh, like good erotica in general is built on yeah. you know the sort of the seduction and the pull away and the oh I don't want to but I kind of do but specifically yeah. uh, like I don't know like it, to me that kind of like that's a trope yeah. in like those like nine and a half weeks that kind of yeah. the ones that are a bit more female centric yeah, yeah yeah it seemed to be like oh you might get caught yeah. you know Imagine that. Well, it's a it's a trope it's a trope for like you know women seducing men, men seducing women. You know, it's it's yeah. it's, it's a it's a universal. It's, it's a, universal. It's okay. It was cool. I yeah. really. I was like, I, like I was, dug it, man. I really I it, did. I was watching it. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Turn it on a bit there now. Yeah. We're getting a bit of the the weirdness, you know. <laughs> but uh, I enjoyed that scene. I thought it was cool. Uh, Carlson. Uh, he just, he's there going we need to go find this girl so they go to a mental hospital she works at yeah the, the body of the girl you know works at uh, Patrick Stewart's there uh, yeah. of course and now we've got to make special mention Patrick Stewart yeah uh, he's fucking awesome yeah like, the, this was this was about like three or four years before Picard yep so he was he was uh, he was a star of the stage at this point, but he hadn't made his he hadn't made his name in like TV or screen. No, he was in um, I Claudius, true and stuff like that. Yeah, but it was, it was sort of RSC fair. Yeah, you know? yeah. and um, and uh, originally he wasn't supposed to play this character. Uh, originally, it was supposed to be the legendary stage actor John Gielgud, yeah, who was supposed to play was supposed to play Doctor Anderson. Uh, the guy who runs the the insane asylum, but um, uh, Gilgood pulled out over money, and Stewart he he was the he was the second choice. So they just called him up to say, "Hey, our guy's Gilgood's gone. Come up, come up and do this." Is Gilgood the guy who they basically said was hopping off anything with a cock on the set of Caligula? Uh, yeah. And, um, <laughs> okay. uh, you, you remember the... I don't know if you've ever seen it. They made a, ver, a film version of Othello back in the either the 50s or 60s yeah. where uh, he, a white man, played it in like this really horrible blackface. Oh, God. Yeah. No, haven't seen it. Now, don't get me wrong. He was good. Yeah. But at the same time, you're thinking... I can't watch this now. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can watch the Lawrence Fishburne one, no problem. But I can't watch this one. There's, <laughs> I think, it, like, Gilgood may have been the guy that, like, I remember they were saying, like, just on Caligula, just was, like, fucking every dude he could. Yeah. And, uh... From, from what I understand, I could be wrong about that. Yeah. You know, a state of John Gilgood, don't sue me. There was other, like, the, there's the Caligula, I remember in that movie as well, there is not a single frame of that film where Peter O'Toole is sober yeah he's got the beer sweats on him yeah. every fucking scene he's even in a, even after he dies there's still like the vapours coming through the fucking there's just this look in his eyes that says oh you don't know what's going on yeah and however, frankly I don't care however I am in charge so <laughs> you're going to have to deal with this and as well as that I well, was I the only one thinking 
oh my god, we're so deep in har- in hammer trope territory here. It's like it had to be a fucking insane asylum. Didn't oh yeah, it? yeah, and like the the like you go to the insane asylum. Yeah, and Patrick goes here you go, and uh, then we get this weird scene, and I I I wrote down here it's a little bit Tumblr in my description. Yeah, a scene of weird psychotic slut shaming. <laughs> yeah. Where. Uh, yeah, yeah and there was a weird BDSM vibe to this yeah, and yeah. it was like they, this is this is the film this is the point in the film where it just went flat out insane yeah. for me they took a turn yeah this is a you know because a hard left it, it was it was all gravy that up to that point where it's like okay there's some weird psychosexual stuff going on but it is a creature feature I'm on yeah. board I'm used to this sort of thing this is where it takes a hard left into a fucking mental town he's just like uh, you, you, you're not her. But yeah. Look at her. She's yeah. a masochist. And yeah, she's an extreme masochist. And he's yeah. like grabbing her by the throat and shit like yeah, he's that. He's stripping her clothes off. Yeah. And I was there going, oh god, we're not gonna have to. But, I don't want to talk about a rape scene. Like, but you know? but here, here's here's the bit where it's like, you know, she wants me to beat her to get the information out of her and yeah. all this sort of thing. It's like, you know, step outside if you don't want if you don't want to see this. And uh, to Kane, the yeah. SAS guy, and Kane just goes. Well, I don't mind. I'm a natural voyeur. Yeah. In in the most upper crusty British kind of oh, way. This was... And he just sits down, you know, crosses the legs and is like, okay, have yeah. at her. Yeah. Let's, uh, <laughs> I like to play audience to sex crimes. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it was weird. Uh, it didn't... Uh, thankfully, yeah. it wasn't a rape scene. Like, uh, your, your, well, man, your man Kane, he only has like... He's, he's a range of three emotions. Yeah. It's sort of like condescension, the stare... And being a bit of a perv, and being a bit of a perv, and that was his third phase. But he did, you know, and he did it in the most like matter of fact kind of way. Like this is a thing he's done more than once. Oh yeah, yeah. It's Which makes me wonder what he gets up to in those discos. It's all about, oh yeah, he's what is love? Yeah, baby, don't hurt me. He's probably he's probably just underneath the underneath the dance floor looking up. Yeah, yeah. He's like uh, he's got one of those basically, right? He he's Jimmy Valiant. <laughs> yeah. but, um, and I'm not going to explain that. No, we're not going to explain that. Look it up. Rock and roll. <laughs> Rock and roll. But, um, <laughs> what is it? There's he gets like psychic information mm. about the woman uh, from uh, about space girl from this girl who's been playing host to her, and he's there going like, oh, okay, well I know her her spirit her life force yeah has jumped into someone else so he goes and does a double a bait and switch when we actually find out it's in Patrick Stewart yeah and this scene next scene if that other scene where he's basically harassing uh, sexually harassing a woman yeah and calling her a masochist in front of a man yeah if you thought that was weird in the next scene he actually makes out with Patrick Stewart yeah now here, here's here's the thing I, I want to ask you about this. In in this scene, is Patrick Stewart's acting great or just incredibly cheesy? Oh, when he's... he They give him, like, a truth serum or yeah. and he just goes... Aah! It's... Uh, uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm in two minds. I'm in two minds. About he's on this. the Nick Cage line. Yeah, you you, he is doing. He is channeling the Cage, all right. And I'm trying. I'm trying to, because I'm. I'm trying to figure out. It's like okay. He's. He's. He's dealing with. He's dealing with something that the Royal Shakespeare Company does not prepare you for. Oh yeah, you're now a space sex yeah. girl. You've got. You've got an alien symbiote in you. Yeah, and you're trying to fight it and. It's not really working. How does playing Iago prepare you for that one? 
<laughs> well, if he was Roman Gilgul. Yeah, anyway. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's yeah, we get he's on the thing, uh, he's on the, the, the bed, they're giving him the truth sermon. They're, yeah. trying get, they're trying to get some information out of Space Girl, mm. right? And um, Space Girl at this point goes, I because she's phasing in and out between being Patrick Stewart and being the space girl Mm. uh, physically she goes I am the perfect projection of femininity from your mind I took this form to facilitate there there was a brilliant there was a brilliant bit of sound of sound engineering with this where it's spoken both in her voice Um, and in Patrick Stewart's yeah but like she's there going I am your projection of femininity yeah. I'm the feminine inside you yeah. and I start going wait a minute now is this about some kind of weird latent homosexuality yeah you know? it could it could well be because he's there going oh that's the female part of my brain mm. and then he's like kissing a dude you know what it's I mean? possible him and uh, Stuart they actually kissed like, yeah. it's a full on kiss they're having yeah I'm, I'm not sure there was tongues there but there was definitely I was just like this is fucking amazing yeah like, I'm watching Patrick Stewart like kiss a man yeah worth the price of a mission <laughs> yes like, you know? done but um, you know there there are like X Men fangirls who are who are downloading this movie frantically as we speak. I was just like, I don't know. It was you know they've cr- written fan fiction like this, but they've never seen it. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Like yeah. uh, they and like they're for whatever reason like, it gets into the the Home Secretary as well. I seem to remember. Yeah, and then they're just like, ah, we'll transport both of their bodies back to London with yeah. us. And here, and here's where we learn that the the aliens Russo swerved them. Yeah, that this was all a big ploy to take them out of London. But there was an there were other alien there were other alien vampires in London yeah. spreading this around. Yep, <coughs> and it was yeah. a Trojan horse situation. Yeah, it was a Trojan horse situation. It was a swerve, bro. They never yeah. saw it coming, and <laughs> it was. I, 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 and this is the part where this movie, for me at least, becomes fucking awesome. Oh yeah, uh, like the, the we've got a we've got a half hour left of this movie, yeah, and it is from from Zombie here on out, vampire from here madness. on out, this is amazing. Yeah, right. Um, they come back to London, which is in the throes of this. Oh, we've got to talk about there's this mental sequence on the plane. Oh yes, the yes, yes. Where uh, the Patrick Stewart and the Home Secretary's body yeah. evacuate all its blood yeah. and a blood version of the Space Girl forms in the plane. Yeah. Like, that was so cool. And, again, that's playing into the weird psychosexual shit. Yeah, Because yeah. she's still naked as the day she was born. She's covered in gore. <coughs> but covered in gore. And we're... And it was sort of like um, you've seen Switchblade Romance. No, that? I haven't. All oh, right, but there, there's a scene in that where uh, Cecile de France, she's like, you know, co- you know, covered head to toe and head to toe in gore, like an axe in one hand, a chainsaw in the other, and you're looking at it, going, "This shouldn't be hot. <laughs> this really should not be hot, but it fucking is." Well, that was <laughs> the thing with the space girl. Like, she yeah. looked great in the blood. Like, yeah. Know? Uh, um, well, in fairness, she looked great in anything. To I'm be just honest. thinking they're in the sky. Yeah, she's covered in blood. Yeah, why isn't there a more obvious Red Wings joke? That, that <laughs> yeah, <else>? you know. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, she's um, 
And she, I would mind that version of her just falls to the ground and becomes a big puddle of blood. Yeah, and just and just sloshes out the side of the helicopter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we get back to London anyway, yeah. and we find out the big boss man himself, yeah. <laughs> the prime minister, yeah. uh, is a vampire man now too. Yeah, because he brings his secretary into the the war war room office, yeah. and he's and you just see him doing the you see him doing the fucking the, the storm light, the lightning thing the lightning shift yeah the lightning shift as like okay shit has gone wrong oh, here yeah. like there's vampire zombie madness in the streets yeah as like a lightning is raiding is flying around yeah collecting people's souls and there was there is a character we've kind of left out of this which we really shouldn't have because it was kind of important to it Dr. Hans Lambda yeah who worked for the ESA and he was played by uh, by an old thesp called uh, Frank Finley who actually got a CBE while this was being made but that's neither here nor there and um, his job in this film his role was to give exposition in a really grim tone yeah yeah Carlson and Kane when they get back to when they get back to London and it's all gone a bit 28 days later yeah um and you know, the city is overrun. There are people being murdered, you know, being eaten in the streets and shit like that. As you do. As you do. Uh, Carlson goes straight goes straight for Space Girl. It's like, that's where he's going. And Kane, he goes off and he finds Lambda. And Lambda has managed to kill one of the original space vampires. Yeah, yeah. With a lead sword, I think it was. Well, why wouldn't you have a lead sword? Yeah, where? Why wouldn't you? Because you put it in your big lead gun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. And apparently, you have to get you have to get these things with the lead sword three inches below their heart. Yeah, the, which is the life force chi. Yeah, I guess that's chi probably point. if you were to go to like one of those shitty like uh, quack shops. Yeah, uh, you know, all oh, your chakras and sell shit. crystals and all that bollocks. Yeah, they'd probably explain to you why this is realistic. <laughs> You know? But uh, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how Mike Tyson won all his fights and punched people in the life force. But, it's not uh, that he didn't knock motherfuckers out. But, yeah, um, but uh, he, he said like, yeah, you got to stab them with this sword. Yeah. Uh, he said lead eyes are going all right, so bullets will work, right? Yeah, you think so? Because bullets are made of lead. Yeah. But yeah. But um, apparently not. It, apparently, it has to be a sword through this particular point. You know, at a crossroads at midnight, you know, on the 13th day of the 13th month. Seventh son of the seventh son. Absolutely. But uh, it, <coughs> it's weird, like, the the H.P. Lovecraft spaceship mm. at this point, all the people who are turning into vampire zombies, yeah, their souls are being sucked up into that. That's right, yeah. Because that's how it powers itself. Mm. And it's a genuinely kind of creepy looking ship, like, yeah. the... The weird kind of claw, membranous wing thing yeah. going on, like you know. uh, yeah, it's got this sort of umbrella thing at yeah. the back of it. That's it's it's very strange looking, mm. and uh, so basically, just thousands of people like attacking each other and eating each other in the streets. Yeah, as the two boys try to, one of them goes to Doctor yeah. Frankenstein's house, Doctor Lambda. Yeah, and then the other guy goes after his and goes after a space club. Now they they. They did an Invasion USA on this. Because um, this wasn't a set that they built just to destroy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd heard yeah, that. This was, uh, this was a model village just outside Christchurch in the UK. Yeah. That um, was going to be demolished anyways. So they slipped the town council a few quid 
and they burnt the fucker to the ground. Yeah. While filming in it. <laughs> and, um, why not? Because why the fuck not? Uh, so, like, all the buildings and all that that blow yeah. up, they're yeah, legit. Yeah, they're, like. they're legit exploding. Nice. And it looks amazing. The, uh... Yeah, well, the the like London is being torn apart yeah. by the vampires and all at this point, and the uh, the guy goes to Doctor Lambda's house mm. or whatever his name is, and uh, he's like he's turning into a vampire. Yeah. So the guy kills him, and then he goes to chase after Carlson and the Space Girl. Yeah. And when he gets there, they're in a portal. Having the ride, yeah, in in a portal in St John's Cathedral, yeah, uh, you know, somewhere underneath the altar, yeah, you know, giving it a weird sort of satanic thing going on or whatever, an inversion, an inversion or, of what or whatever it may be. I I was thinking, I I was thinking when they got there, when he got there, the two of them would be riding on the altar, but apparently that was too on the nose. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but it was the shame. Of yeah. His, like uh, the guy is there and he's like he, he's clearly wanting to get up in this girl yeah right? and she's there going lob it into me boss yeah none of your fancy tricks exactly slide her in Quick slide her in for she- over exactly you know <laughs> and uh, they're riding away down there yeah and uh, he's there going oh I don't want to do this yeah and but I do but yeah. I don't but I do and she's there going why don't you shut your fucking mouth and put your <laughs> hips into it <laughs> you know and um you're going at it and the guy turns up what's yeah, his name uh, Kane Kane turns up and he's like ah you know come on get up for I'll help you or something yeah. Kane help yeah. me yeah and uh, like at this point like souls are being evacuated into yeah. space and yeah, straight through these and they're in the life force they're in the life stream having this scene yeah you know they're, it, they're doing a bit of heavy heavy petting surrounded by the souls of London it's Weird, like the what it reminded me of was I don't know if you ever seen Threads. Can't say I have. Threads, right? Is a that's a horror movie. Okay. Right? Threads is a BBC made film from the mid eighties, right? About what would happen to Britain if the nuclear war. Oh, I, I've heard about this. I've never seen it. And it's the same kind of look to the street panic scenes. Yeah. Uh, Threads. If you want to be completely just destroyed by a film yeah watch threads it's so effective like and it will make you terrified of nuclear war but uh, that's what this reminded me of and I started going Ugh. yeah you know? oh, but uh, the the entire time I you know I'm at both I, I'm equally unnerved and fucking and like adrenaline pumping while this is going on because yeah. like, okay this is fine I'm in come on uh, he throws uh, the guy throws the lead sword down yeah. to Captain Coulson or whatever his name is yeah and um, he he's still riding her yeah but he sticks the sword in her back yeah and through himself as well yeah so it's the ultimate shame ride but <laughs> he's like yeah. oh god oh I don't want to stop so I'll kill the two of us I mean the the only thing that you know Carlson yeah. is a cunt. Yeah, I'm just saying, right? Like, like that, and it, and it was weird. I, I'm not sure what the sim, the symbolism is here, yeah. but that was the only time in this movie that he penetrated that girl. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure what to make of that particular <coughs> part of that. I don't like him. Yeah, I'm just I, saying, like, do like my attitude is right. 
when it comes to human sexuality yeah. is get your shit in, brother. Yeah. Right? Whatever your shit may be, get it in. As, yeah. And as long as you're not making a victim out of another human being in the process. Yeah, go for it. You know, then go to it, like, you know. And he's just there going, ah, no, I don't want to do it. You yeah. know, I was like, well, why don't you take that shit to knock? All right. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> fu- fuck off to Branson, Missouri with your shit, bro. Yeah, like, and, well, why don't you go buy some tacky fucking statues of the Virgin Mary? <laughs> yeah. You prick. But, uh, <laughs> like, you've got this hot vampire. You're telling me, like, yeah. if a hot space vampire was like, hey, let's be. Yeah. Yeah. That film would be over in about 10 seconds if I was like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I'd be like, cool, I guess I'm gonna live horror. Yeah, they, this is this is why you've never been cast in a psychosexual horror. Yeah, I yeah. think. So it's just like, hey, brother, I'm, you I'm know, getting in. You know what I say? Yeah. The bell rings and it's all, you know, it's all left open until the finish. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, um, but yeah, so he, he kills the two of them, but he doesn't really because their souls go up to the space umbrella. Yeah. So they kind of win. Yeah, this the space vampires win in this scenario. Yeah. It's what I what I like to call a four horsemen win. You know, where they they've got their shit in mm-hmm. and someone does a run in with a chain or a chair or something like that and yeah. runs them off. Yeah. But they've still done their damage. Yeah. They've yeah. still made their point and they've still got their win in. You know? And that and that's kind of and that's pretty much, you know, movie over. Yeah. Like, the space vampires win. Yeah, and the ship sh- that's all powered up with human souls. Yeah, it just flies <laughs> off to yeah. some other part of the world. Oh, it to- flies back to the comet. Yeah. Which will come back again in, what, like 70, 75 years? Something to, like that, yeah. You know, to do this shit all over again. Yeah. And, and it wouldn't, they wouldn't have ever achieved it had they, the people not interfered with them. Exactly, yeah. You know? So it's it's very... Like, there's a lot going on there, because like, there's a big space dick out yeah. there with these weird vampires. Yeah, that's just going, that'll just come back every now and again and just fuck everyone. Yeah, it's a weird movie. It's it's kind of got a sexual repression vibe to it. Very much so. I, I think there's a lot to do with late and homosexuality. Yeah, because, um, you know, Kane, Kane is a military man. You know, that's a lot of suppression of feeling and mm-hmm. emotion and what have you. The other, the other people like Carlson and Lambda and people like that are men of science. You know, nerds. Let's yeah. be perfectly fucking honest. And um, you know who traditionally aren't aren't really lady killers. No, no, no. You know, so they're not going to sing "Still of the Night" anytime soon. Exactly. So you know, the the space girl represents to them what they want, but what they kind of can't have, but they feel weird about having, wanting, yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. Well, as I said, she's the only female character outside of the the girls on the, the shuttle. Yeah. So it is like gangs of male characters who are just terrified yeah. of the sexuality of one female character. Exactly, which you is know? kind of fucked up. And But it's what made the film good. Exactly, you know? yeah. Again, that's the stake with the sizzle. Like, you know? Yeah. Don't get me wrong, there's plenty of sizzle in this movie. <laughs> oh, there's a like, shitload of London sizzle. London blows up to fuck. Yeah. And there's vampire zombies raging around, and yeah. like, there's plenty of action and, and like, creature like, all effects. the blood gets drained out of Captain Picard and forms a fucking space vampire. Yeah. There's plenty of that, but there's also the other stuff. Yeah. And that's what makes a great movie, if mm. you ask me. I don't think this was a great movie. Yeah. I think it was a very good film. Mm. But like the best films, like Alien, why does Alien persevere as a classic? Because it's got all that weird sexual shit. Yeah. It says something about humanity and it says something about what the audience thinks of it. Yeah. Like it's like 
you know the the end of Alien has been discussed a million times over. Yeah, you know, but it's just like, yeah, look at this weird sexualized imagery. Not, I think as well as that, it was kind of a product of its time because the the original book Space Vampires was written. Yeah, that was the original title, Space Vampires. Not burying the lead, lads. No, not burying the lead. But um, <laughs> it was written back in the late seventies, where the feminist movement was just was just picking up steam, like yeah, second yeah. wave at least. And it was all about Gen Two. Yeah, Gen Two. Uh, you know, <laughs> with Galvatron. You know, Femme Harder. But, yeah. um, so Galvatron became a feminist. Exactly. You know, but, um, they're like, ah, oh, Starscream. He was holding the first wave of feminists back. <laughs> Damn, I had a point here. Fuck. But, no, but, you know, and uh, shit. Yeah. But um, you know, it was. You know, and it was sort of about the, you know, the the fear of femininity in society and what have you, you know. Yeah. You know, in mu- much the same way, you know, a movie like, say, Southern Comfort was about, was about Vietnam. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was, it was sort of a, it was a product of its time. Oh, very much so. In very much, in so. Very much in like very visceral kind of way, you know. And Se- sexual science fiction was a thing in the yeah. 70s where like. Before uh, it was very sterile. Yeah, you know, it was like it was what it was. It yeah. was Flash Gordon. <laughs> it is what it is. Twenty by twenty rings. Exactly. Yeah. But, um, you know, there was the shrieking damsel. Oh, save me! And this yeah. one, the damsel, she ain't the damsel, and she will fuck you up. But on top of that, like it's following the alien tradition. Where, yeah. Like there was no, you know, Ripley was the go- the person who saved everybody. Like, exactly. Mentioned. Yeah. But it's definitely from that vein. And mm. I mean, they they tried to do the same in species. But yeah, it was a different time, uh, and it didn't work. Sucked. Yeah. But uh, <coughs> Species was like fucking... Oh, excuse my cough, by the way. But uh, Species was just a shitty 90s movie, like, you know? Yeah. Like, one of the... Species and Showgirls yeah. and movies like that. Uh, interchangeable, really. Interchangeable, yeah. Although I do remember uh, picking up the comic book version of Species in a Weiser bookshop, and I'd always go and look at it, yeah. because there was a picture of the actress in it, and she was naked. Yeah. And I was like, I ne- like this oh, is Natasha back- Henstridge. Yeah, but you don't remember back when, like, you had to literally kill a man yeah. seeing a picture of a naked human, let alone, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, as a kid, going, mm. holy shit, man. I yeah. Go, every now and every time nipples. I'm, every time I'm Wexford and go see a boob. <laughs> Fuck yeah. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. But uh, it was, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the thing with the this movie is, like, as I said, it leaves you. Uh, wondering what certain parts of it were about. Yeah, it leaves you with a lot of imagery while wrapping up the story. Yeah, it was it it was kind of muddled and a bit confused in a lot of ways. I mean, according to the according to the lead, the the backstage story, uh, when Dan O'Bannon got brought on to to do his run, they'd already done eight drafts of it. Oh, okay, and. Apparently, Toby Hooper threw out a lot of Dan O'Bannon's stuff yeah. and got a writer in, a guy named Michael Armstrong, who was known for writing like British sex comedies, oh, like okay. The Sex Thief and Adventures of a Private Eye. Oh, no, not yeah. those. Yeah, those. And uh. <laughs> Yeah. And from what I was told, it went way over budget, it went way over schedule, and they couldn't shoot scenes that they wanted to shoot. They had to cut out about like 15 minutes from the Churchill... It, it was it was a bit muddled and it was a bit confused and I think I think it was a troubled production 
Yeah. That, that really hurt it. Well, I mean, when you go on IMDb and you look at the amount of people who are considered for separate parts. Yeah. And like real stars. Yeah. And you're like, Jesus Christ. Like, how yeah. did you, how did you have time to think about this? Like, yeah. You know? And clearly Canon were thinking, oh, well, you know, maybe Golan and Globus were thinking, well, we usually get these other movies made on a quick schedule. Yeah. So if we go, if we take, spend a lot of money and spend a ton more time making this movie, yeah. we'll end up with a blockbuster. Yeah. You know? And in fairness, if you see it on paper, yeah. like the director of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the writer of Alien, Henry Mancini, yeah. uh, a shitload of Royals, Royal Shakespeare Company actors, and an incredibly hot female lead. Yeah. I mean, you... You can, you can. Blockbusters have been made with a lot less than yeah, that. Yeah, but I can see why it didn't catch on mm. as a mega hit. Yeah, so just because it's a very strange film, but not in a committed way. Yeah, like not in like say the Don't Look Now way. Yeah, you know what I mean. Where it's like, let's just be weird. Yeah. No, this is like it's weird because of what it is. Yeah, it's 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 trying. You're not sure if it's trying to be conventional sort of sci-fi horror or if it's just kind of trying to be like weird and psychological. Yeah. And it it is a muddle. It's a mess. Let, no, let's be perfectly honest. It's a mess of a. It's, it's a, a mess of, of a story. It's a bit of a mess, but it's a lot of fucking fun. Yeah, it's a it's a hell of a lot of fun. Like the last half hour, like I was saying, is a shitload of fun. Yeah, I would definitely recommend it. It's got some effective scares. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of stuff we didn't cover because we don't have seven hours. <laughs> yeah. You know, but um, there's a lot of stuff we didn't cover. There's a lot of elements to the story that are really interesting. Uh, it's shot well. It scores great. The effects are fantastic. Mm. You know, it's uh, it's well worth seeing. I would definitely recommend it yeah. to people. It's, uh, you know, it's... And and as and as like the creature feature horror sort of genre goes, yeah. this is very fucking good. If you're a teenage boy mm. and you you've insomnia and you, like I did when I was a teenage boy, yeah. and you'd stay up until four in the morning watching horror movies, yeah. this is one for you. Oh fuck yes! You know, like when I was a kid, that was who I was. I used to, <laughs> I knew every infomercial and in episode of Jerry Springer <laughs> off by heart because I just couldn't sleep. Yeah. You know. And uh, I would stay up all night watching movies like this. And, um, yeah, I, I would very much, very much recommend uh, checking it out. I, I would give it a qualified recommendation. You know, this is, for what for what it was, you know, in terms of history, like, this was one of the films that, that killed Canon in the long run. And in terms of... It was one of the flops of the 80s, to be perfectly honest. It lost about 14 million from a 25 million budget. Mm -hmm. But it is a lot of fun, and it's not what you'd expect it to be. It's it's well worth the look. Yeah. It is well worth the look. Um, I'm adding this to my Blu-ray list, alongside Breaking and uh, Last American Virgin. This isn't getting deleted from my hard drive anytime soon. Yeah. I will show I will show this to people. Maybe not my girlfriend, but people. <laughs> well, I'm sure the next film we cover will get deleted from your heart. Oh yes, long before my girlfriend gets here, you know, gets yeah. back at all. Where this is going well off. We've made an executive decision here yeah. at Canon headquarters, and um, basically we've, we've realised that it's a 
we haven't covered any Charles Bronson films yet. That is true. And, uh, you know, we might as well start with the big bad daddy of them all. Yeah. All right. So the next episode, uh, which will be out in two weeks' time on Joining Me to Ball, uh, huh? <laughs> sorry, I love doing that. But uh, it'll be on Joining Me to Ball, uh, of course, uh, where you'll be listening to this episode. We'll be covering Debt Wish 2. Yes. And. Um, <laughs> Like, I have thoughts oh, about I, this movie. Thoughts are legion. Yeah, wish to. Um, we're gonna like we've discussed this in the past. We're gonna lightly cover Death Wish One to of offer a bit of uh, perspective. The thing is, Death Wish One wasn't made by Canon. No, so we're not going to um, go too deep into that. But we will cover it. We'll keep you up to speed with what's going on in the Death Wish absolutely uh, world, and then we'll get into Death Wish Two, which. Um, is a fairly controversial film. Uh, yeah. And, um, but I think one that will give birth to quite an interesting conversation. I think so too. But, um, a first Michael Winter film, of course. Yeah. And, oh, uh, what a wonderful human being. Lover uh, of children. Yeah. You know, friend to small animals. Anyway, uh, sure, let's, uh, let's hit the trailer. It happened once before. Some muggers followed my wife and daughter home from the market. It's about to happen again. The police there got a very good description of the muggers, too. But it didn't do any good. We do what we can. And so does he. Is this your daughter, Mr. Kersey? Mr. Kersey? Is that Carol? When murder and rape are the crimes, Bronson is the only punishment. Charles Bronson, Death Wish 2. There's something else you should know, sir. Paul Kersey now lives in Los Angeles. Oh, my God. Now you tell me there's a vigilante out there. You believe in Jesus? Yes, I do. Well, you're going to meet him. He killed nine people in New York City four years ago. The people he killed were muggers. He became a hero. What did he look like? He was, uh, he was a very good citizen, that's what he was. That guy saved our lives, damn it. Where the hell were you guys, giving out parking tickets? When violence rules the city, when the police can't stop it, one man will, his way. Watch out! Charles Bronson. Goodbye. Death Wish 2. He's doing it for you. Okay, well, uh, I, I, I guess that's it. Um, I hope anyone with a who's sensitive if you got if you have triggers yeah. you know, triggers are a thing that exists yeah. you know triggers which I honestly think are like the electrolytes of psychology <laughs> yeah. you know but um, if you've got uh, trigger you know if you don't like 
badness. Yeah. Don't probably listen to Death Wish too because we're going to have to get into it. Oh, in a big way. But uh, I hope everyone else who who uh, is a grown up can uh, can join us. And yeah. Listen, because it's very important for us to discuss Charles Bronson because he was like the canon big bad boy. Yeah, you know? he he was he was the he was the guy they built the empire around. Yeah, man. Well, him him and him and Chuck to yeah. be perfectly him, honest. Uh, Chuck Norris, Michael Dudikoff, yeah. and uh, Van Damme. Yeah, the canon guys. And uh, I'll say this: like, despite its um, horrible elements, Dead Wish Two is, uh, from what I remember, a pretty good action movie. So I'm looking true, forward to true. get into it. Like, you know, but, uh, anyway, I hope everybody who's listening uh, enjoyed uh, Life Force, and I hope we shed some light on Life Force. Yeah, uh, a little bit more of a. Uh, I, I would say this is probably less of a jokey episode, but there was more to talk about. Absolutely, yeah. You know, uh, and it was kind of cool to, to get into the meat of uh, Life Force. Yeah. But, um, you know, th- that's the only thing I've noticed in the shitter the film, the yeah. funnier we have to be. <laughs> that's true, yeah. You know, but uh, it's... Um, <laughs> the, the... Yeah, this... I, 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 I enjoyed watching this uh, and talking about it, but um, basically, yeah, if uh, you want to keep up with us, uh, we've got a Facebook page called... Uh, it's just called facebook.com forward slash the Canon Canon. Yeah. But the most effective way to keep up with us is probably just to subscribe to the Giant Media Ball uh, page on Facebook. That's where all of our episodes are usually shared first. Good you can sir. also follow Giant Media Ball on Twitter, and you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Johnny Capcom, and you're Robot has Sean. Yep. Uh, th- basically, if you want to get in contact with us for whatever reason, you can just use any one of those avenues. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can figure out how to use these avenues. Uh, just, you know post or tweet to us or whatever else we'd like to thank everybody who listens to the show mm. uh, and of course we'd like to thank good brother editor who's no doubt been uh, cutting this verse yeah and uh yeah so um as soon as uh scott meany's uh purefiller.com comes back from its ddos uh, ddos attacks it'll be back up online a bunch sure. of savages on the internet man. oh yeah yeah and uh, well that's what you get for being a sexist apparently <laughs> Sorry, that's a oh. very deep joke. Yeah, uh, about uh, a, a review a podcast Scott and Matthew called uh, yeah. uh, "Fishing Parklayer," which I very much recommend checking out if you're a fan of Twin Peaks. But um, yeah, so there you go. You, you, there's how you get to know us. Yeah, and uh, anything to say, Sean, on the way out? Uh, until next time, have a good time. And uh, grand. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah. I guess we'll see you again. And uh, yeah, bye. Bye. Thank you.